Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Oh, okay, so that tastes good. <laughs> oh, I'm going to just snorkel that down. Uh, let's see. Today is Wednesday, February 10th. And for those of you on video, you will see that it is glasses day for me. I mentioned that on a Sunday night, I lost one of my contact lenses and I did, they are ordering new ones for me. They said three to five days. They ordered them Monday. So I'm crossing fingers for tomorrow. If you love me, light a candle for me that it'll be tomorrow. I hate wearing my glasses. But it has nothing to do with boys making passes. The depth perception's all wrong. But I dug up an old lens um, to be wearing with the, uh, you know, the one. I'm I'm terribly terribly nearsighted, so it's not like I can go without. <laughs> so I I lost lost the left lens, which is my near vision lens, because I have the monocular. I forget what they call it. But where my right eye is for distance vision, my left eye is for near vision. I've been doing that for a few years now. And it works great. For the most part, it works great. Um, so my driving is fine. You all will be relieved to know since I've been driving around. <laughs> but I have them set my near vision, the focal length for my computer monitor. Um, when he originally, my eye doctor, when he originally did the near vision, he set it for like, I don't know, like 18 inches away from me or something like that for like reading or I don't know, reading laundry labels or whatever it is people do with their near vision who don't live on their laptops. And I had to get him to readjust it because I'm like, no, I, my laptop is here. I want the focal length to be there. So it's really perfect. I mean, really, most of the time, yeah, I should be grateful for uh, did I vision correction at all. But boy, am I noticing uh, the near vision. <laughs> it, it's kind of giving me a headache wearing the mismatched lenses. The, the one I have is set for near vision, but I don't even know what focal length it's supposed to be for because I can't quite find a spot where it is perfectly in focus. So today I'm trying the glasses. I'm seeing if uh, the glasses will um, the relieve the headache. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I don't know how people who wear glasses deal with computer monitors in general though because uh, I mean, don't, don't you guys get like that glare? Don't you get that like weird reflecty stuff? Maybe you get used to it. Maybe, maybe you get used to, um, ignoring it like you do with all things. So, um, today I am, what am I doing? Nobody knows. Uh, I am going back to work on Sorcerer's Queen and the Pirate Road. Yay. Yesterday, I got all of the proofing done on Dark Wizard. Uh, God, you guys, I love that book. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that book, but I love this book. So I had to um, 
fight not to get drawn into reading it because there are parts of it that I really love. And um, But I got it all done and it is sent off to the formatter and will be uploaded. Assistant Kareen will be offering ARCs. If you're on the ARC mailing list, I believe you should have heard. If you haven't, tag me um, or tag her. Um, she might, I can't remember what her handle is on Instagram. She might be Sullivan McPig on Instagram. But if you can't find her, let me know. I am snorfling down that latte, aren't I? So today's earrings are these beautiful little teardrop pearls. And these are among my top favorite earrings of all time. And I will show the people on the video. See, there's that focal length thing too. You know how I can get to focus on the pearl. It focuses on the hold on the setting, but it doesn't really want to focus on the pearl itself. Interesting how that works. Anyway, um, gold set dangling teardrop pearls. These are simple for being among my favorite earrings, but they're very pretty. They have an elegant look to them. Uh, I and they're pure gold, so they don't make my my ears bleed, which is always a positive. Thank you, thank you, listener, saying that they are gorgeous. Uh, they do. They're they're really good pearls, so they have a nice luster to them. Uh, and these are pearls that uh, husband David gave to me some time ago, and he has excellent taste. And I'll let you in in on something um, that some gals at a conference didn't know we were talking about my pearl jewelry. I don't, I think it was a necklace that I have a real pearl necklace. You guys don't, don't go there. Um, but it is true that you can tell that it's a real pearl by rubbing it against your teeth. You can actually, if you're sensitive, you can feel it by scraping a nail across it because a real pearl does have a faintly gritty texture. That's not a myth. It's true. Um, and faux pearls always feel smooth. So that's how you know. So yeah, I, I'm happy that it always feels like a good omen when uh, my earrings for the day are uh, happy earrings uh, among my favorites. So yeah, getting back to work on that stuff. Looking forward to the release of Dark Wizard out in two weeks. So yeah, let me know if you want an arc of that. Uh, let me know if you want to do... I don't know, something fun or interview or I don't know, whatever. I have high hopes for this book. So um, this is your opportunity. I'll probably, I don't want to say I'd do anything, but you know. So let's see. I don't know that I have much else to tell you guys today. Um, I don't have a lot of things on my list to mention. It's kind of been a disrupted week uh, with our unexpected jaunt out of town on um, Monday. And then yesterday, I mean, terribly important, but I had to move my manicure appointment up early in the day and that disrupted it. And then because uh, I had an online thing at four, for my time, we did that reading sprint for Faro Feb, and that was fun. It was fun to do the reading sprint, and I caught up on some beta reading that I've been needing to do. 
And then late last night, I had to go pick someone up from the airport. Their plane came into Albuquerque at um, 9.15. So I didn't get back in to bed till, I didn't get home till after 11, because it's an hour drive down and back, hour down, hour back. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I has a little bit of a tired today and Dorinda is not, um, meeting me at nine. So I'm, that's why I'm running later, but not worrying about it today because she is off to get her vaccination. So, so yeah, she, she got called, she got her, her text. She lives in a small rural part of New Mexico and they called her in and said, your vaccination's right. So she gets her first shot. So I figure I might as well fess up. I, I was being cagey about it the other day, but I decided, well, I might as well just tell you guys. Um, I didn't want to upset people or I don't know. It feels, um, whatever. Let me tell you. And then we could talk about it. Uh, the reason we unexpectedly went out of town was we drove over to Amarillo, Texas, and we got our vaccinations. So it turned out I had drinks with friends on Sunday and they had done the same thing. Uh, Amarillo, which is in the Texas panhandle and is a four hour drive from Santa Fe, uh, is giving vaccinations at the civic center. And if you get there in the morning and you line up, you can, they don't care if you're from New Mexico <laughs> and you can get your COVID vaccination, uh, if you're over 65 or if you have some kind of pre-existing condition. And as I've mentioned on this show before, um, my husband, David has Parkinson's. He has early onset Parkinson's. So he's been very concerned about making sure he doesn't get COVID with all the neurological implications. So, um, I decide, well, I just get my, my shot too, because all you have to do is tell them that you have a pre-existing condition. They don't, uh, grill you or check or anything because they really just want to get everybody vaccinated. And apparently so many people in Texas are not getting the vaccine that they're, um, yeah, that there's, there's lots. So, so yeah, I mean, I felt a little bit like, I don't want to take the place of someone who needs it more urgently, but at least here people have been getting it since, um, early January. And, and then the other piece of it is, is that, uh, all the people I know with lots of money got theirs in January too. So at some point it begins to feel like, how long am I going to step back? Uh, we're still in one B. But um, Dorinda's not in any of those groups. So I feel like they're starting to re redistribute. So I was telling her she could go to Amarillo. And she's like, oh, they just texted me and said I can go in. So, so here we are. I, I was torn between um, my eternal commitment to authenticity, to being honest with you all. But at the same time, I didn't. I know some of you are in places where it's going to be a while yet before you can get the vaccine. And my heart goes out to you because I just want everybody to have it. Um, what's funny is, is Dorinda's husband is conflicted about getting the vaccine because uh, he's uh, been listening to a lot of the conspiracy theory stuff 
And so he's like, really, you're going to get it? And she's like, yes, I'm getting this vaccine. Um, we know other people, family up in Wyoming, who can just walk into the public health nurse's office and get the vaccine. Because, you know, there's like 500,000 people in Wyoming. So uh, it was pretty easy to give them their portion of the vaccine. And, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, I could just go to the public health office and public nurse office and get it. But I don't know if I will because I'm I'm afraid it'll give me cancer. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, well. Yes, these. <coughs> so so that's what I've been doing. Um, as far as effects, I definitely feel the effects of the shot. Um, it was very painful in my upper arm, intramuscular, uh, definite pinch as she gave it to me. I was surprised. We also got the flu shot this fall and, uh, that one I never even felt, never felt anything from this. I felt, uh, by the time we just drove down there, we went down very early Monday morning. We left Santa Fe at five, got to, got there by, um, well, they're an hour ahead. They're on central time. So. We got there a little after 10 their time and we were in and out in an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting, very well organized. They really had people filing through and uh, did a great job. And then we got lunch and drove home. We just got takeout and drove home. And um, by that night, I was definitely feeling a little bit feverish, elevated fever or elevated temperature. I tend to run cool. So then I was running at like 97.8, something like that. And usually I'm down around like 94, 95. So I just knew I was up a bit um, and a little bit headachy. And I'm still feeling the effects. Today I'm having some vitamin C and stuff to see if that will help. But I can definitely... Um, you know, it's a, it's a big hit to the immune system. You can really feel it kicking in and driving things. So uh, just so you know, that's what it's like. Um, we get our second shot on March 8th. So looking forward to going up from 66% to 90, over 90. And, but, you know, one of the things that this speaks to is how much uh, having a disrupted schedule affects me because I didn't get any writing done on Monday, obviously. And then it puts me behind on like all the emailing and the dealing with stuff, dealing with all the things and making sure I didn't accidentally shut off my recording. That's doing all right. <clears throat> but for me having that, consistent routine makes such a huge difference for me. It's, um, as, as soon as I get off it, the, my word count goes down. So I'm probably not telling you all anything that you don't know, but if you feel like you have a hard time, uh, getting your work done because you are interrupted. One of the gals that I'm coaching, uh, talks about, interruptions you know she was talking about family phone calls and I'm like well do you have to answer the phone and she's well I don't know and I was like don't answer the phone that you can call them back later there's we we feel we've kind of come to this place in our culture where it's like we have this covenant to be instantaneously accessible and yet none of us ever agreed 
<laughs> to that. There's no reason we have to be instantaneously accessible to everybody all the time. And taking that time, even if it's for like an hour where nobody can reach you, where you don't cater to anyone else and focus on the work, whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's music or painting or whatever, uh, all of that is is really important. It's it's really critical to be able to submerge and and do that and then you know return the calls later. Another gal I'm coaching, I'm trying to get her to not do email first thing in the day. And I've talked about that before. And she said, well, I guess I can train everyone to just expect me to reply to emails in the afternoon. And I said, you absolutely can. That That's how it works. And people know that about me, that I'm going to reply to emails in the afternoon. My afternoon. I don't care if it's afternoon Eastern time. My afternoon. Uh, it takes a certain amount of stubbornness, but I think that it's really... It's critical. It's critical if you want to get anything done. The gal I picked up at the airport last night is a concert pianist. And it was interesting talking to her about her art and her creativity. She does not compose, but many composers compose for her to play. And she was talking about the effects of the pandemic, that one of them is that so many of her concerts are canceled. Uh, you know, in the last year, of course, all the concerts are canceled. And she has a Zoom concert coming up soon. But she said without having concerts to prepare for, that she really found that she was at a little bit of loose ends as far as her practice, as far as playing regularly. Because, and, and I never thought about that before, but of course, if you're a concert pianist, you don't know all the pieces already, right? You don't, it's not like you just totally play from your repertoire. And I asked her that. And she said she plays a lot of, you know, she says, of course, you know, like last year was Beethoven's 250th birthday, which I didn't know. But, you know, she said, so there was a lot of Beethoven, but that she plays a lot of music from these modern composers. So she's forever learning new music and having that impetus, having that reason to learn the, the new music and practice it and prepare for the concert was what really drove her her schedule. And losing that, losing the, the drive to prepare for the concerts, uh, she found herself kind of floundering that she didn't practice so much. But she also knew that that daily practice, she said there were two things. She was talking about um, a terrible breakup in her life. That happened like seven years ago, and she said she's still not quite quite over it. She said, but that daily practice of she said the one thing she did to make get through it was to play the piano every day and take a walk every day. And those two things were non-negotiable. And I commented that I think I've really gotten through the pandemic by because I do write every day, because that's so much a part of the foundation of my life. And I think that those things are are what ground us, are what give us our, I don't know, a connection to something larger than our daily problems. Because, you know, the grind of like cooking food, dirtying the dishes, washing the dishes, cooking the food again, dirtying the dishes again, washing the dishes again, that's not much to carry you through, right? And so, um, so I uh, wish for you all that you can Practice something that's important to you today. Practice it and then practice it again tomorrow and the day after. 
even if it's just for a few minutes, I think it's important to try to find something that you do every day like that. And on that note, I will remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.